rise, 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 warrior, you rise, rooted in all that's true to Hello and welcome to our Way of the Wild Dreamer podcast, full of juicy musings on the creative life, with me, Claire Jasmine Beloved, and as we'd say in Liverpool, all me mates. <laughs> Interesting arty friends who will be sharing real life stories and the lowdown on being a creative in the world. delighted to be here today with um, one of my iconic sheroes, uh, Fidelma Massey. And Fidelma said that it's making that she does. Um, that's what I do, hands and eyes, heart and mind, working together in the quiet of the studio. There is nothing better. What a gorgeous description of the creative life. And Fidelma, I'll just say a little bit about <laughs> how we met which I feel very blessed by um so years and years ago a, a real, very dear friend sent me um some pictures of your work on the internet and I, and she was like you're going to die when you see this <laughs> and when I saw them I was just like oh my god and I was just in love with the the work that you create and so I kept kind of following things that I saw or and every now and again I'd go back and look at them or I'd send them to someone and they'd be like oh my god and then I think I think it was through Penny one of our mutual friends maybe you posted something underneath her post and I had this like romantic vision that you lived in the wilds of Ireland in a studio and by the sea and moss in your hair and and um and I'd always thought one day I'll go to Ireland and visit her. I'd made the whole thing up in my head. And um and then when you said like, oh I'll see you later to to um Penny and she lived in Skelm Skelmersdale, yeah. Um I then thought, oh my god. So then I messaged you and came to see you, which was totally delightful. So um just a little bit of um background about how we met and once I got to yours I was just in awe again of, of your work so I'm just so happy that you've said yes to today so welcome Fidelma. <laughs> Thank you it's really <laughs> pleasure to be here and I've been looking at Claire's work since she found me and it's a great pleasure it's majestic it's great work really oh, lovely work yeah. But I love the colour more than anything it's and of course then there's the stories because I'm really into stories. The stories are very good. So your work is so full of heart and, and myth and it's so sacred, but there's also an incredible amount of skill and, and very sacred work when you look at it. And I'm just in awe of the, the scale in which you work as well. But one of the things that really struck me is I think you said something around, I said, 
why aren't you in all the galleries in Liverpool? And I think he said something about, you know, all oh, my work's got too much heart. And I was, <laughs> I was like horrified that it wasn't in the galleries and then also comforted by what you'd said because I feel that about my work as well. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think that's a lot of the time you need, what is fashionable is cold and cynical and I hate it. I really hate it. I go into galleries and I come out super depressed. Yes. Um, occasionally, like going to the Tate and seeing Leonora Carrington, that was wonderful. Mm. But most of the time, it's just super depressing. And it's the level of cynicism, like the Damien Hurst and all of that. And I can't bear it. It's, it's, it's depressing. It really is. But then I think it's a, I think it's a, I think it, it lacks femaleness, to be honest. Yeah, and maybe reflect some of the the institutions that run those um, places and also, you know, how they are scared of heart. Um, yeah, yeah, because they, they don't want to look as if they're wet or naff or, you know, you know, it's, it's, it's a... They cannot admit to emotion, I think, to some degree. I really, I really think they're scared of it, so... Mm, I think you're absolutely right. And when me and the 100 housewives from Liverpool had our exhibition at the Tate, which is another story. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they were so... When was that, Claire? Gosh, maybe about seven years ago now, eight years ago. But, um, yeah. you know, it's a whole story, which I'll have to tell you. But, but they hated us. They were scared of us. You know, they said, um, you know, and, and one of the comments of someone who visited was... Um, you know, the rest of the Tate seems like the Emperor's new clothes compared yeah, to... Yeah, 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 yeah. They hated that, as you can imagine. <laughs> well, it's it's getting much more like the Emperor's new clothes with this with the non-tangible, fungible, whatever the hell it is. <laughs> I mean, that's crazy. It's classic, the Emperor's new clothes. It really is. And God forbid that anybody should say, this is not real, because yeah. it's not. Mm -hmm. I'm working um, with... Um, a young woman who was covering from a brain tumour, a brain injury. And she, I took her to the Tate and um, before lockdown and she was like, what? I mean, are people for real in here? And it was so good. I love teenagers yeah. telling the truth. Yeah, 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 it is. So Fidelma, can you tell us something, it's a big question this really, but something about your creative life, how it unfolded and maybe a little bit about what it looks like now for you? Well, yeah, I'm 65 now. I'd be 65 in April and I'm actually really looking forward to having a pension because then after how many years working since I went to college when I was 19. So since then, I have been worrying about money, which is a bit depressing. But, it, and you know, you have periods where it's better and periods where it's worse. But no, I always wanted, I always wanted to make, I always wanted to be a, an artist. I wanted to be a book illustrator because I love stories. Mm -hmm. So, um, but that was before I was introduced to clay in in, 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 I went to a wonderful art school, which was really, really small. There was about four classes and there was 30 in each class. And we got so much individual attention. It wasn't at that stage uh, accredited as a third level institution, but eventually they kind of retroactively yeah. did that. And um, it was a gorgeous school um, in Dunleary. 
at the CCC and we'd all go down the pier during lunchtime and scream and go and sit in the pub with our tutors across uh, the pub across the way and leave plaster all over the seats. And it was a really lovely school. And um, so that I did. And then I did very, you know, the various things you do when you come out of college, you just get lost because you've no confidence and it's just difficult. It's difficult for everybody. I mean, you put, you make work in your spare time. And if you're, if you're trying to make a living, you get crap jobs to keep you alive. And, um, for years, I worked for my sister, which was lovely, and um, because she is, we're very close. And my, she's, I have two sisters that I'm very close to. I have a whole stack of sisters, and I love them all. But there's two I'm very close to. Yeah. And um, this was my sister Maureen, and she ran a shop that sold bonsai trees. So I used to get to help make the bonsai trees. So that was lovely, and that was very good. But I always had to have some kind of a part-time job because you never. I, until about late, like 2004. And, and then I went back to working for her again and in and out. But anybody who thinks they're not a real artist, if they have to have a part-time job, don't think that because you are. It, it's, it's the state of mind always. Um, and sometimes if you don't work a lot of hours at your art, it's better because you need time to gestate. You always need time to gestate. So if you're working four hours a day or two hours a day and you're really working, you're better than if you're working 16 hours and you're up till three in the morning and not actually getting anywhere at all. I like to, sorry, I I just like a really good solid routine, which you have to have if you're freelance and you've no, no structure in your life. Uh, I do a lot of meditation. So I meditate in the morning and then go out to work and then meditate in the evening again. And, um, it gives, it just gives a quietness to the beginning and the end of the day. It's wonderful. It's really the best thing ever. I love that for Delma and I love um, blowing those myths away because a lot of people that I talk to say, well, I'm not a real artist because I only maybe do something this many, you know, I'm not doing it all the time or producing all the time. And they kind of think that only when you're doing art or actually making, are you being an artist? But yeah, it's, it's a whole create cycle and and the actual producer might be a very small part of that absolutely and i I think that the older i've got the more i've I've realized that somebody says to you right i want a sculpture for my garden or whatever and i love this story and blah blah and the best thing you can do is go away and not think about it about (laughs) three or four days it'll hop into your head if it's going to be good it (laughs) will come into your head and if it doesn't and you're scraping around then yeah, you can make something happen. But um, at this stage, I, maybe maybe it's if you do it enough, if you make enough stuff, okay. um, it will fall into place. Yeah. Um, but the, the worst thing you can do is try too hard and say, I have this idea and this idea and this idea, and which is the best one? And, mm. and then you panic and then you freeze. So the best thing to do is just, if you have one idea, just follow that, follow your nose on that line of thought and see what happens. I love that. When when I'm teaching around the stories, I say, no, don't work the story. Let the story work you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's it. Uh, I, remember, I remember reading um, um, John Fowles. He, what was it called? What was the book called? I can't remember, but he said the whole book started with a picture in his head. It was... Mm, uh, mm. I, can't wish, I can't remember. <laughs> it was called a, a Maggot, if you remember, if you read it. 
Um, and it had a, it starts off with the picture he had in his head, which is a, a man who's hanged himself with blue forget-me-nots in his mouth. And he said he just woke up one morning with this picture in his head. And then the whole, the whole um, book wove itself around that. And that's what, when it's good, that's what happens. It mm. doesn't always work that perfectly, <laughs> but you know, sometimes I just stirred a bit. So I was um, going to ask you about your, what's your process for creating and do you have any practices? So it sounds like meditation is a big yeah. part of that. Is yeah. there anything else that is like something that you do that helps you create? Oh, being in nature being in nature always um i couldn't live i mean i live in scammersdale because i the reason i've come here is because there's a meditation group here um tm lot will you remember the beatles and all of this yeah. lovely aging hippie stuff so <laughs> i'm still with those and uh, they're wonderful people so we have a community here and um so other than I would be in nature, except for that, I would be in, the, as you said, in the, the depths <laughs> of Ireland in a cottage somewhere. But we did that. My husband and I went to live in County Wexford in a gorgeous house on a, in, in the, with the trees and the deer and all of it. And it was lovely, but we got very lonely because yeah. I was surrounded by, I mean, we had some beautiful neighbours, really fun neighbours. But they loved horses and hurling and drinking pints of Guinness. And they didn't, you know, you say meditation, they, they go, <laughs> and you, <laughs> you didn't talk about art because that was, you could talk about making, which is interesting. People will talk about how, yeah, but not anything more than that. Um, it, just, it, was, it was lovely, but we really got lonely. So we came here because Richard had lived here for ages before. And we said, and the thing is, I have woods out the back of my house. Yeah. It is amazing. I can watch squirrels from my top window. Skelmersdale is lovely like that. It's full of green. It, yeah. I mean, it, <clears throat> not the nicest place in the world, but full of green and yeah. lots of nature. I think, um, <clears throat> you know, I'm in inner city talk stuff, but Saturn Park's just there with yeah. you know, all the magic. Yeah. So I think you can find that. But maybe, yeah. maybe there is like, you know, if you can live parallel lives, that's where I was... Um, yeah, there is a yeah. part of you with moss in your hair in Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I still think I'll go back and do that. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm just not, it's just not the right time to do it. But maybe when I'm in my 80s, I'll do that. I always say I'm going to have a renaissance in my 80s and start drinking again, because I don't drink for anything. <laughs> just going to like embrace the wildness again. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, 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 yeah. My, my, I had a couple of good friends in, in college and we used to have this vision of what we do when we were 90 and a good friend who she was going to sit on her porch with a shotgun and be rude to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Um, you know, I remember we took my mum somewhere on holiday and she was 85 and uh, she wasn't liking the breakfast and it was so hysterical because she's like, I'm 85, I'll say what I like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that's that is one of the great advantages of being old a you become invisible which is lovely yeah. I, I didn't like it but once I've got used to it um because you can slither and people don't notice you um it can have a disadvantages but mm -hmm. quite often it's good I like being old I have to say well my mum said I said to my mum um you know, I'm looking forward to becoming an eccentric old crone and she said well you don't have to wait because you already are <laughs> That sounds like a mother. <laughs> yeah. So um, I wanted to ask you, 
um, do you create uh, with an audience in mind? And I know that you do take commissions and how does that work and how does that affect your work? Are you thinking, will they like this or does it affect how you, and does finances affect that? Like if someone's paid more, is the more, pre all that, just um, tell me what you like both. It's a bit of both with a commission. Um, you have to make something that they're going to like. You do have yeah. to. Um, and I like, I quite like a bit of outside impetus. I used to think, oh, no, no, it has to be all my own creative yeah. thinking. But actually, you, somebody else's idea will send you out of your comfort zone and it can be very good for you. Very good. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes if they're very rigid about it, then you really can't be having with it. No, this, you know, um, I mean, I, had, I went to a, I had a commission once where I showed all my work to this guy and he, he, he had come to me and he said, I'm not interested in any of this. I want flying ducks. Oh my God. <laughs> he got his flying ducks and I charged him quite a lot of money for it. But it was, you know, it was fine. And I actually quite enjoyed it. Sometimes it's good to do stuff like that. Just it improves your craftsmanship. Yeah, it was one of the first big pieces I did, so that that gave me a whole new range of experience that I need to do. You you can do, I mean, it doesn't stop you being an artist. You can do basically not especially creative work, but yeah. craft to improve your craftsmanship. It's it's not a problem. Um, but sometimes you can get a, some of these commissioning work, and they're brilliant. They they'll have a couple of ideas, and they'll yeah. spark something, and the two of you will spark off something. It's a lot of fun that that's really like good. a co-collaboration of something. Yeah. Their idea. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and better still when you can make their vision better than they had it originally, which is, I is a lot, a lot of, of people come to you apart from flying duck man. Um, <laughs> he was a nice guy. It was just, it was just the way he said it. And I was flabbergasted. So I was quite young at that stage. I mean, I guess a lot of people have seen you work and are in love with the style and, the way that you work so they already have a love and appreciation of your work you know when they come um, sometimes yeah and then sometimes I mean it, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be that well known I haven't ever managed to crack the the big galleries in Ireland I I mean I've been in a lot of the the, the you know they're they're nice the nice, smaller, less well-known, but the, the posh ones don't touch me with, for, you know, they're mm. not interested. Mm. I'm not fashionable. I'm not at all fashionable. I, always I, say I don't think I ever will be. I always say that the magic is in the margins and not that you're in the margin in any way, but I think, um, you know, I, I have stopped long ago looking for trying to get in those places. I mean, yeah. I, I had yeah. a studio at, the, studio at the Blue Coat and, you know, I see myself, you know, as an equal to people who were working in there, but they just kind of laughed at me when Sandra said, oh, Claire Claude exhibits are working in. They just, you know, they thought it was the most funny thing ever because they have a fixed idea about yeah. what's okay yeah. and what's not and who's an artist and who's not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I, I was, um, I think I put something on Facebook up about doing this podcast with you and a friend in Australia and one in New Zealand and someone in America said, oh my God, you're not interviewing for Delmar, are you? Oh, wonderful. So <laughs> that's great. More well known than you know. <laughs> that's really good. Yes. Yeah, that, that, that's lovely. I have a lot of, a lot, a lot of people who are, who like my work, who are female. 
Mm. There's a lot of women like my work, which is lovely, but it's not good for the finances because most of them don't have as much money as the men would have. Maybe, maybe we're all secretly saving up. <laughs> <laughs> I get lots of inquiries from people and then I tell them the prices, which yeah. breaks my heart because bronze is so expensive. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, ceramic is breakable. So they're my two mediums. Yeah. And um, you say to them, it's going to cost. And they'll say, oh, well, maybe when I get to 60 and people want to buy me a present, that's, I get that so often. But oh, uh, there's nothing I can do about it, but sure. Oh, well, we, we all adore it anyway. And I've definitely got a saving pot going on. <laughs> for a, maybe, <laughs> maybe a little, little hint there, Sandra Richardson. <laughs> um, so, yeah, my next question was about where does your creative life meet with the need to earn money? And I think you've already touched on yeah. that about, you know, don't worry if you've got to get jobs. Um, yeah, yeah. That doesn't mean the best not. thing to do is get a job that is absolutely um, mindless. It's the one that makes you, because otherwise, whatever you do, don't teach. Because any of the people that I was in college with who ended up teaching, yeah. it's such an all-devouring job because <laughs> it requires so much energy. You never have time to make your own work. You never have the yeah. energy. So do something really brainless like working in a shop, which is what I did for years. Um, but I do remember at one stage being very depressed and yeah. I wasn't well. And, and I was saying to my sister... Well, I got a job in Lush, which was amazing, and the people in there are amazing. A lot of them are creatives, actually, who are theatre directors and artists. And, oh, great! You know, so it was very yeah. company, and everyone had their yeah. business going outside. But, um, but I tried to um, tried to show me how to work for tills, and my brain really doesn't work in a logical way. So there was yes. a big queue of people queued yep. up and I got all so confused I couldn't remember yes. and this woman <laughs> said um to the whole queue don't go to her she's shit like oh, the whole Jesus queue. and then everyone was going don't worry I'll just wait for the next person to come along and so I burst out crying <laughs> so, they oh, said for sure. me, so they said to me you just be nice to people and love them up that's enough and yeah. so they let me just be on the shop floor love absolutely yeah that you play to your talents instead of the weaknesses yeah i i know i know that feeling so now every time i go which i'm not going a lot at the moment obviously but every time i go in a shop i say aren't you amazing for using that till yeah, and look at me and sure. i go and i go no honestly i said this is real yeah. skill in that because i can't do it yeah absolutely for sure I can, I can do a whole big commission and then then i'm faced with having to put in an invoice and every time it it, it, it i think oh god have i got this right i've got all the things on there that i should have <laughs> oh Fidelma, so is there a moment from your whole creative life where you go that was like like a little snapshot of you when you were totally in the flow and you you did something or you made something or you showed something and you went that is like a perfect moment of my creativity and you just were in bliss at what you'd done uh, I think the first stone carving I ever did in college I had a wonderful stone carving teacher called Liam Brennan and um and he, we, he got us to make tiny little carvings in soap, first of all, and a bar of Life Boy, you know, the red stuff. Oh. <laughs> and 
that was lovely. And then I translated it into a stone carving that size. And it was the first time I'd made anything in stone. And it went like a, like a dream. And it was wonderful. And literally, I can remember I was transcending while I made that piece. And I still do it occasionally. Yeah. If I'm not tired, um, on this last big piece I made, the, the whole time when I was making these long flowing lines for the waves, um, that was that was that feeling. Um, generally, when I finish a piece, and if it's a commission piece, it's up, uh, I am terrified. I'm absolutely sick with fear while it's going up. Yeah. And I can't see it for about two, three months. If I go back then and look at it, I say, that's, that's great. That's, hey, did I do that? That's, that's great. But immediately afterwards, I'm just sick with fear about the whole thing. And, and what is the fear? Is it like the inner critic or what, what happens, do you think? It's not right. It's not right. Mm-hmm. You, always see, you always see the flaws. But I think that just comes with the process, Claire. You know that, that the, yeah. Yeah. you start off with the huge ideas, but as you get towards completion, you have to nitpick. And it's that frame of mind where you say, no, I need to adjust that. I need to fix that. And it goes down to a smaller and smaller level, a finer level. Yeah. So you're nitpicking right the way through. It's like editing a book. Yeah. A sister who's a writer and she says that's the bit that really gets her down. We have to go yeah. back and revise and revise <laughs> and revise. <laughs> I like the dreaming stage and then I like, you know, I yeah. like the stage afterwards when you're almost a bit detached from it. Like like people say, Oh, you you know, you I look at things from years ago and go, Oh, I really love that, something that I've done. But yeah. it almost doesn't feel man, it's got like a life of its own. Yes. And so I can just love it as a separate thing from me. Exactly. Yeah. It's too close when you've just finished it. That you've, you've, that's exactly the way I feel yeah. about it too. Yeah. It feels like an old friend if it's from you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, great. I love that. And where did that stone sculpture go? Did it get gifted? To Somebody school? bought it. Somebody oh, bought wow. it from, from the, the, the degree show, which was amazing. First I ever made in my life. It's great. I'm it's always great. in total shock when someone wants to buy something. <laughs> really. yeah. And then yeah. I go into, are you sure? And then I start worrying, like, can they afford it? <laughs> yes. And did I used to, I used to do things like say, are you sure you haven't, this is a little crack there that I had to repair. Um, just, just to make you aware of this. So now I don't, I, yeah. I literally have to bite my tongue and say, it's good. Stop nitpicking. Yes, and then it's and it's fine. Yeah, you know? so it's almost like um, you know, mothering our own frightened yeah. child and saying, "No, stop now. This is enough." You know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, is there a is there places? I'm sure there is in all of us where you're like, okay, this is my growth area. This is what I still struggle with, or what I'd like to be more expansive with. Where in the crea- in your creative life do you think, right, that is still a thing that I am um, keep coming back to that I'd like to work with in myself or my process? Or it could be just like social media or sharing things or getting stuff out there. I don't yeah, know. definitely that. Um, having having, I think the one of my real difficulties is having having the courage to say to the guys in the foundry, say, no, that's not right, fix it. Do it right, it's not right. It should be flat, it's not flat. 
Yeah. Um, it's very difficult because when, when I cast in bronze, they do the metalwork to a large degree. Yeah. Um, I do the finishing metalwork. Yeah. But you do have to be with somebody since they don't know what it's meant to look like. Like I'll give them photographs and stuff. You have to be there to direct how it looks at the end. And it is really difficult. I like to be liked. And, you know, to say to somebody, no, it's not right. And again, also, I run into severe difficulties with builders and engineers and surveyors and those kind of people. Because um, I, I blench. I, I, again, I'm, I'm frightened of them, basically. And they tend to be the kind of people who say they know what they're doing. They're full of confidence. And you're there saying, yes, you're talking about aggregated gravel i'm not quite sure what you mean by that and you have to display some ignorance in order to get your experience but it's um dealing with people like that i find very difficult um i'm getting much better at it um uh, i so i that i need to i need working on that i i think as far as my own practice is concerned i'm very happy um I thought There's that was lots just, of room left to go, though. <laughs> I thought yeah. that was just me around that because um, sometimes I'm working with a graphic designer around a print or logo, or um, you know, I'm talking to a printer or something, and I say, you know, well, I don't really know your speak around this, but I know yeah. what you want. But I think um, you know that asking for what you really want and like pushing, no, no, it just needs to be. Yeah. an inch more colourful or yeah. I think yeah. I just wasn't brought up to really like you know yeah. know this is what I know it needs to look like yeah absolutely and, 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 and it's not like you're criticising them it's just that they don't know what's in your head and they need to you need to be able to tell them but it's quite difficult it really is yeah and sometimes um, people will say I'll say look I feel a bit funny asking you this but and they'll say no you're paying me so ask me what <laughs> And I think, yeah. yes, you're right. Yeah. It's okay then. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's 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 complicated. Oh well, that's reassuring to know you feel like that as well. Yeah, I'm glad you do because <laughs> it's, it's not it's not just me. <laughs> it can be really assertive sometimes, but others not. Yeah. So, if you had to travel back to your creative inner child, to the to the younger creative Adelma, is there something from this point? in your life that you'd want to say to her, maybe about how life turns out or about her creative life or anything really that you'd like to say to your, your inner child or the younger Fidelma? Oh, just, just don't worry. Don't worry. It'll be all right. It'll be all right. It's not, uh, you, you be the person you're meant to be. Don't worry. Don't fret. You'll get there. <laughs> you'll get there. Because you always end up being the person you're meant to be. Always. Oh, always. That just made my eyes fill up with tears there. And, <laughs> you, you're you're a big mush, Claire. You do know that. <laughs> um, know that you will become the person you were meant to be. And I just think... Um, you know, how proud our inner children would be of, of yeah. you know, whether yeah. we're in galleries or not, that we've just lived yeah. a creative life yeah. that we were meant yeah. to. Yeah, yeah. And I, I have to say the whole gallery thing is so dodgy. Like I did a, I had an exhibition in Luxembourg. It sounded wonderful. Mm -hmm. And it was a really, when I got there, because I spent a lot of money shipping work over and everything else. And it was a shit gallery. 
Yeah. And I sold just enough to cover me. God bless. No, actually, I, it wasn't a shit gallery. It was just an old fashioned gallery and not yeah. many people. Yeah. She had a good client list, yeah. but she was, oh God, I hope, I hope she's not listening to this. I hope she doesn't <laughs> listen to this. Maybe I should cut it out. But anyway, it wasn't what I was expecting. I yeah. spent a lot of money. My yeah. heart sank when I saw it. Absolutely sank. And then afterwards, I was putting photographs up on Facebook about yeah. it. And I said to myself, I would really just like to say this was a terrifying experience. Yeah. It was not very good. And instead of what people do on social media the whole time, yeah. which is, uh, you know, they, they say, oh, look what I've been doing. And it may have been crap. And in my case, that's what it was, you know. Anyway, sorry, maybe we should cut that one out. No, I mean, I think what people say to me is, Claire, I love that you're so honest and go, oh, my God, this was a total disaster. Or because people don't hear that. They only see the success. Yeah. Or even, I was talking to my friend Mary Corrigan yesterday doing a podcast, and she was saying, we put so much illusion on the success oh. of others. We look and go, oh, they're doing really yes. well. Yeah. People say to me, oh, you're doing amazing at the moment. Yeah. You're raking it in or you're so yeah. happy at the moment. And I say, before they've even said, how are you? Yeah. And I say, yeah. how do you know? And they say, oh, yeah. I've seen it on Facebook. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's it. Walking into the foundry for a sculptor is very much like that because like, you know, you'll see your contemporaries, you'll see the work that's going through yeah. the foundry. And they say, Jesus, they're sending through a ton of work. They must be making a fortune. Yeah. And you go in there and the level of envy, and I'm not an envious person as a rule about anything else, but I could look at somebody else and say, oh, God, they're so successful. Yeah. And actually, you know, when you talk to them, they're just exactly the same as you are. But you go in and you're beset, not so much by envy of them, but as, you, you know, that I'm just not very good at this. <laughs> it's just inferiority complex going so through. Many, so many people say, oh, people even said, oh, you're going to interview for Dalma, her works, like international. <laughs> you know, and it's this thing, isn't it? And it is, but... Um, you know, yeah. it's just it's just the that life is a lot more nuanced than yeah. one successful or not successful yeah. or yeah. um and I, I always think um you know we're gonna be dead famous for Dalma in like hundred <laughs> years' time if the planet We will planet. we will actually in, in literally be dead famous. <laughs> oh, <we will. laughs> Honestly, I mean I think I said to the Tate, um, you know, oh you know, you'd only approve of me if I was like dead for a hundred years and like a white dead man. And you know, um, ah, you know, they I did bet that one down well. Yes, well. <laughs> so, um, oh, Fidelma, it's just so delightful and so comforting and inspiring to to hear some of your story. And I'm going to direct everyone to your um, website and to check you out. Is there anything that we can do? And you'd like people to do to support you or your work? No, I think this is lovely. It's lovely to have a podcast out there. It's really nice. Um, I, I don't think I ever. It's also really nice to talk to you, Claire, because you're warm and you're not intimidating, <laughs> which is a great is a great <laughs> asset in an interviewer. Because I mean, I have never done an interview before, so and I don't actually like talking about my work I'm much better than I was at yeah. it but um 
no, it has been a great pleasure. It has been oh, a great pleasure. Thank I'm you only very much. I'm only intimidating to the Tate Gallery. <laughs> She'd be more intimidating. <laughs> I'll work on it. Fidelma, it's just been a delight and I know that people will fall in love with you and your work um, after hearing this and um, it's just so beautiful and it just, I mean, I don't mean like stalk people that you are, um, that you admire but <laughs> at all, but I think that, um, you know, maybe reaching out and telling people um, that you admire their work like I did to you um, you know sometimes people think oh they don't need to hear that because they're successful but I think it's always nice to say I love your work it's really inspiring you know? so flattering about the work it's really lovely no, it really makes me feel good oh. I think especially the women I think all of us um, I no, I think the men probably need it too oh, maybe more so maybe more so Oh, Fidelma, thank you so much. And um, and that little, I'm going to check what's in my saving account. <laughs> well, don't you worry, special prices for mates, mates <laughs> as always. Mates, thank you so much, Fidelma. Okay. Thank you, Claire. That was a great pleasure. You've been listening to the Way of the Wild Dreamer podcast. Thanks for tuning in. And if you'd like to follow more of my work, you can visit my website at www.clairebeloved.com. I hope you found this podcast inspiring and irreverent and juicy. Live in your way, creative day by day. Your dreams are birds taking flight. First one step, then another step Watch as it comes to life This is the way of the wild, wild dreamer The way of the wild dreamer This is the way of the wild
lineage that flows